Hello, and welcome to the On Air Podcast with Air Cargo World. My name is Chelsea Talksauer, and I'll be your host. In this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World, DHL Express U.S. CEO Greg Hewitt shares the integrator strategy to meet the seasonal demand, as well as details on volumes the integrator has moved this holiday period thus far. DHL Express anticipates it will see an increase of 15% in volumes for holiday shipments, driven predominantly by e-commerce from just before Thanksgiving through to the new year, compared to the same period last year. Top trade lanes for these volumes include routes to and from the U.S. to China, Hong Kong, Italy, the U.K., Mexico, and Australia. Listen to the full podcast now. What trade lanes do you see performing most strongly or weakly this holiday season? And then how does this compare to 2018? Sure. Well, I guess I'll, I'll say the biggest difference 2018 to 2019 I think for context would be that uh, where the Thanksgiving holiday fell this year, it was later than it was last year. Uh, And so what that meant was usually we see the start of peak and a big seasonal uplift in the month of November carrying on into December. And I think what was maybe fooling people early in the season was that November started off slow. Uh, with volume kind of flat or just up a couple of percentage points. But what we saw was it surged towards the back end as you got to that the, the week of U.S. Thanksgiving that included Black Friday. So although our percentage growth was low in November, it's now really high in December, in fact, much higher than than last year. So I think when everything settles out, um, we had planned for about a 15% lift year over year, and I think last year we were planning and we're in around 18. It might be a little bit uh, slower than last year, but it's going to be very comparable. And, and right now when we're in the thick of it, um, it feels like it's a lot more because what we're seeing is that growth is coming in a shorter window over only a couple of week period. So we're actually seeing north of 30% growth during uh, this critical week after Thanksgiving and this week leading up to uh, the Christmas uh, to Christmas Day. So um, we're seeing a lot of growth, more than last year, condensed in a short period. So it's creating a lot of challenges around capacity, uh, bringing bringing flights in. Uh, we've got capacity challenges going outbound. It puts pressure on our hubs and our gateways, um, and it's meaning we're needing to run what I'll say is probably our most robust pickup and delivery operations on the weekend that I've seen in the U.S. since I came down here in 2014. So I'm pretty proud that we've been able to stay current, and we've been able to kind of pre-deliver product on the weekends to try and make sure that we could survive the wave that comes in every Monday. And I would say the top two trade lanes that we're seeing that come in from, inbound from China uh, at about 33% growth, and we're seeing big growth in, in the 50s at 56% from the U.K. and Italy. So those are the lanes that we're seeing, and it is being driven almost exclusively by e-commerce. So what we're seeing in this period is 
with a very strong U.S. dollar, we see a lot of goods being purchased um, from merchants and, and companies in, in China, but also the strong fashion brands in Italy and the U.K. are selling well here in the United States. We've also seen stronger outbound growth this year than we have in, in prior periods. So I think uh, people are also buying American goods in countries like Canada, uh, Australia, the U.K., and Mexico. So obviously these are huge volumes, and you're doing this all in a shorter period. So how has DHL really worked to develop your network to support this? I mean, you're already getting stuff out early. How is this happening? Well, I think one of the lessons I've learned over years I've been in this role is no matter what volume looks to be doing in September and October, uh, you always have to count on the fact that there will be a spike up in late November and December. And so um, we work very hard at the back end of the summer and into the fall to get as good forecasts as we could from our customers. And from that, we then build out our peak season plans. And that means uh, using engineers to look at what our call volume into customer service and our trace files will look like. It's what our uh, volume in terms of pieces, weight, shipments, and stops for delivery mean to our gateways, hubs, and our, our delivery vehicles, and then making sure that we've got the equipment and the staff in place to manage those. So if I, if I look at it, if I start from uh, where that begins, it means you need to have enough airplanes on to transport the stuff in and out of the U.S. So we added four aircraft um, that, that are network flights into the U.S. for peak. We also secured a number of charters on the Asia inbound, um, the in and out, and the European lane in and out, um, somewhere uh, north of 70 uh, to 100 charters will run to make sure that we have the aviation capacity to move people's product. Then we made sure that we were hiring uh, seasonal staff. So I think we had more than 300 uh, people hired into our Cincinnati hub, which is the primary hub that would go in. I've got about uh, somewhere between 100 and 200 additional couriers on the road, and I've got 200 additional staff in Tempe, Arizona, in our call center there to answer uh, the calls when they come in. So we add this seasonal staff in September and October so that we're able to train them and get them prepared to be uh, productive and to help when the time is needed uh, here in November and December. We also make sure we secure early rental vehicles from our uh, for, from obviously from, from rental car companies and do our best to make sure those are white and have a uh, a magnet uh, of the DHL logo on them so that we can identify. We make sure we've got uniforms for those employees and as best we can, we usually time the rollout of new scanners and new equipment in around peak so that we can leverage uh, the older technology and make sure that we can still get scans and information on our uh, on from our from our deliveries and we make sure that we've got help from our partners like the US postal system where we need them 
and further away uh, areas, make sure that we can induct product to them uh, to make sure that, that we don't stress their network where we need and, and leverage and rely on them as well. So it really comes down to engineering and planning and then executing on that plan and crossing our fingers that Mother Nature uh, behaves and gives us a good chance um, to, to make sure that all those resources can be streeted and do the deliveries on the right day. And then, so you spoke a bit on how you already, like, really ramped up operations, um, specifically related to capacity and networks. Were there any specific ways that you adjusted this ahead of time, or did you adjust this more recently at all to, like, meet demand? You talk about forecasting. How's that work? So I think there's a couple of things that I, I think physically we secured the aircraft, the network mm -hmm. moves, and the charters early um, because if you wait until in period, mm -hmm. um, they're often difficult to find. So I think the key is what, whether you're talking about hiring people, securing rental vehicles, or uh, securing aircraft capacity, we would do that uh, in August, September so that we're in a good position for November, December. I think the other thing that we've done is continue to look at ways that we can invest in our infrastructure to make mm -hmm. sure that it can handle better throughput and better capacity. Two examples of that for me, one would be we, we uh, about it, it, earlier in the year, we brought the automated small sort uh, machine into our JFK gateway that again allows us to handle all us to do uh, finer splits markets in the New York, New Jersey market so that we can expedite product through and maybe leverage waves for our delivery vehicles. Similarly, in Ontario, California, which is one of our fastest growing outbound areas, we put the first ever station-sized auto sort in. So this is, if JFK is a huge one in a gateway, that handles inbound volume. We put a smaller version of that in Ontario, California, so that we would be well positioned in peak season to process high volumes of outbound material when our when our when the need to get the aircraft out on time um, and in a tight window to allow our customers to process as many orders as they can. Um, we've added technology in those ways. The other thing that we've done. Um, is we launched and, and started to promote our new mobile app. And that mobile app ties into and leverages something we rolled out a few years ago called on-demand delivery. And this year, we've had more than 100,000 people sign up and subscribe for on-demand delivery. That is a technology and a site that puts the power in the hands of the receiver, the consumer, to tell us how they want their delivery handled. And by putting that on their mobile device, it means that we are able to get more real-time information on when someone will be home to, 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 to do their delivery or for them to tell us to move to an alternate delivery location or to leave the package on the, on the doorstep without signature so that we can make sure that more of our first deliveries are done right first time, uh, that kind of use of technology has really helped us improve our service performance and, and be more efficient and effective to handle the, the excess volume. 
So follow up with Ontario and JFK. When did you implement and roll out those new process sorting op? Um, in Q1, Q2, we rolled out JFK and came online. We had a good chance to test that, um, run it so that it would be at peak performance for peak. In Ontario, California, I think we came online with that in the summer. So, again, we could test it and make sure it was working smooth um, uh, before we went uh, before the peak season. Would you be able to share your general outlook for 2020 for the industry? I mean, do you see it as kind of still being a little bit weak, or do you expect there to be kind of a uplift in volume traffic at all? What do you think? I think um, I think we're still waiting to see. Um, but what I will say is this: I'm. Uh, feeling a lot better this year uh, with the ratification of the new U.S. Uh, MCA deal, um, mm-hmm. which will replace NAFTA. I feel uh, having certainty around trade with mate, with the top trade partners of Canada and Mexico is good for U.S. Uh, small business. I think as well as part of with e-commerce being a bigger part of our uh, bilateral trade. I think some of the changes uh, that will be made that will increase de minimis in the U.S. and Mexico will allow for the facilitation of trade and is a, is a good thing for U.S. companies. And I just think getting a deal done and getting it ratified is good for business. I also think um, not so long ago we started to see um, both President uh, uh, Trump and, and the Chinese delegation start to show some movement uh, towards a deal on on the, the tariffs and uh, and on what has, has kind of been a bit of a trade war this year. Um, I think there's still, it's not completely resolved and, and certain, but hearing that there was a chance for, at least not for those tariffs to accelerate and some willingness to look at pulling those back or down to lower levels, I think getting a deal done with China um, is good for business. Uh, certainly for me, um, while e-commerce has grown substantially in 2019 and that volume has kept the, the U.S.-China trade lane hustling and moving in this peak season, the reality is if I look at it in sectors like engineering and manufacturing, agricultural, high-tech, things that reply, uh, require machining and tooling that may have been done historically in China, any business that was relying on those um, services and bringing product in as part of what they would finish here and sell in the U.S. market, we saw that business hurt in 2019. We saw business-to-business traffic go down in terms of weight and, and shipments, and that had an impact on trade. I'm hopeful by getting these tariffs reduced, removed, and changed, if we can continue down that path, it will be good for small and mid-sized businesses in 2020. So I'll say I'm more, I'm cautiously optimistic as we head to 2020 that things will improve, and I certainly feel better than I did uh, 12 months ago when I was asked those questions. For everyone out there listening at home, be sure to check in for our next podcast. 
Warnies on the world of air cargo.